This episode of After the Whistle contains profanity. Listener discretion advised. Please enjoy. I think Morning, it is. JR. Lots of stuff going on. Lots of stuff going on. Mm-hmm. I'm actually home for uh, two weeks, which is a nice little nice little switch up for me, which I need it because, as you can see my face, I'm a little run down. I got some allergies. My, my eyes are all swollen up, but I'm happy to be here. I played with a guy that used to call the raspy voice after like a long night out or a couple nights out. Tim Connolly used to call it Vegas voice. <laughs> That's awesome. He's like, where'd you go last night? You have Vegas voice. It's from like talking really loud when the music's playing in your ear. Either that or just singing at at at, at the top of your lungs to try to sing over the over the concert. You're 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 a, you're a Chad Kroger fan, right? Which I I know. So I talked to him the other day, and actually he's he's coming to. Uh, He's coming to your town and pretty soon. Be in Buffalo so in August. Okay, but but I said to him, I said to him when we were hanging out one time, I I said, I know you can hear me singing out there because I said I sing as la- so loud out there in the in the audience, so you can hear me sing along with you. Hey, That's so funny. every every concert I've been to of theirs, I've been to maybe three or four. They always bring someone up on stage to sing rock star with them, mm-hmm. and oh, I nice. just I wish. He would we'll bring work me on, on that. St- I would we'll work, I, we'll work, every we'll work fucking word. I know every word to that we'll, song. We'll we'll work on that one. Okay. Let me know when he's coming to Buffalo and we'll uh, oh, I don't want to no 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 but you know what though it would be it would be amazing if he if you could get him to come out on stage in an after the whistle t shirt. Like I said, let <laughs> me know when he's there, we'll work it. Get the fuck out of here. Uh, but it. you can tell him he'll he can it. get one at uh after the whistle shop. <laughs> Did you watch the NHL awards the other night? Fuck no. Why would I waste my time watching the corny, the corniest bullshit? I mean, I, I obviously I look to see who won because I love the players and I love, you know, watching see who won and see who got rewarded and see who got screwed, but I don't need to I don't need to watch that's that crap. All right. Good for you. Craig didn't watch it either. I did. So I'm the idiot, but did, did 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 you did you have a great time watching it? Were you just laughing your whole time, saying this on the edge of your seat? Well, I uh, I was embarrassed for the league for the players, and I said well, to that, Craig that yesterday that that seems that seems to be the the, the prognosis and and uh, what most people say, and I wonder why it continues to be the same way. Like people said the same thing about watching the All Star Game. Now it's this. Why are their productions so no, embarrassing? No. It just seems to be that the the people that represent the league they're almost they're almost taught, they're almost like schooled to be a certain way, right? To act a certain way, to express a certain way, to conduct, to dress. You know, it's almost like they go to the school the school of uh, of represent of NHL representation. <laughs> Well, it's it, it's interesting you say that because but... they're so popular. Is it because they're so popular that they almost go into a shell and hide almost, in their own they're little world? Than, they're almost they're almost bigger than the league, right? They 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 almost make the league go. I think, and Connor McDavid everywhere he goes, the place sells out. You know, same with how how Sidney Crosby was. You know, Mario and Gretz. They are just such a big. Uh, representation of the league that the league and you know how the league wants to control everything i mean literally control everything that happens so 
um, you know, those guys that you can control because they they are the the, the the epitome and the top echelon of the league. So I I do wonder whether there are conversations with the league with the top players. I really do. Have you guys seen some of the trades going on now that the draft is here? Things are starting to heat up here. Luke Dubois going to L.A. Yeah, for- let's let's yeah, let's talk about that one. I'll tell you who's getting fucked in that deal is that Alex Ayafalo from Buffalo <laughs> going Why from that? L.A. Because he grew up in Buffalo. He ends up playing for the L.A. Kings. Absolutely unbelievable player. Great playoffs. He's, he's and, a very good player. And, and now he has to go to Winnipeg. What's wrong with Winnipeg? Well, I was just in Winnipeg last week. And um, and I had a blast. Me, Chelly, and Eddie did a did a did a, um, an event there. And I had a chance to talk to a lot of people, and one of the people that I talked to was high up in Winnipeg system, and he was just shaking his head at Pierre Luc Dubois. He doesn't want to be here. He's complaining. You know, he wants to get traded and all this stuff. But it's the same shit that happened in Columbus, right? He didn't he didn't get along with John Tortorella. He whined and cried. He didn't didn't like the coach. So he wanted to get out, get out of Columbus. Then he goes to Winnipeg, and then he whines and bitches about Winnipeg, and and then he wants out of there. He's a very good player. Okay, he's a great, he's a very good player. Is, is he a difference maker? Maybe. Will he be good for the Kings? Maybe. But I sure hope, I sure hope he's done whining and bitching about where he's playing and who he's playing for. And starts to enjoy the game. And, oh, he's and, he's and Jr. Play. Jr. He's going to be unbelievable out there because he's going to be happy. He might. He's going to be happy. Okay. Pierre Luc Dubois. If he does, if he doesn't like living in Manhattan Beach, practicing in El Segundo, in flip flops and a t shirt for practice, and playing in front of a very very passionate full house crowd in that stadium because they have great fans. Do they? If he doesn't play. Yes, they do, man. They have very, very underappreciated and underrated fans. I am telling you, their fan base is awesome. I played there. I've seen it. I know it. But if he doesn't play well there, then Pierre-Luc Dubois is an idiot, and he's and he's not worth the money. Okay, six, eight years, $68 million, he better play his ass off because he complained in Columbus. He complained in Winnipeg, and now he's in now he's in 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 La La Land, in a unbelievable place to play with a good team. That motherfucker better show. Yeah, up. but you know, listen. I mean, Columbus is a small market city, right? Not not the most desirable place for for all players. Winnipeg is for only a certain amount of uh, players that that want to play there. Um, okay, so he didn't well, like it there person, either. There's one person there. There's one person there that um that wants to play there and and construct his contract to make sure he stayed there and that was Lowry who we talk about again I talked about this guy this guy has it was a free agent and his agent called the team and said listen I don't have much bargaining power because my 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 client wants to play here so what are you going to give him <laughs> come on I thought that yeah I thought that was great I thought that was great if you went from phoenix to Winnipeg. Tell me how you would feel as as Alex Ayafalo. I would be pretty depressed, to tell you the truth. There's no question. But that's because I I know it. I know the lifestyle. Uh, you know, living in warm beauty and being and then going to someplace that's freezing cold. I I would tell you this. I would love playing in front of a Canadian fan base 100%. I would sure. love what my life would be. I would love what my life would be around town 
in a Canadian fan base because it's all hockey all the time. I would love that. To say that players don't want to play in Winnipeg or Calgary or Edmonton or Vancouver or Ottawa, Montreal, Toronto is wrong. Okay, we got we, but we got players that to, want to play in expand. those cities. You got to expand on that too, right? Because obviously there there are less players. Now, if you get traded there, it's a different story, right? Like Pierre Dubois got traded there. He didn't have a choice, okay? It, but what are the odds, Riv, and what are the percentages of opportunities for teams like Winnipeg? Like if, if, if there's a player that has an opportunity to go to Winnipeg, Calgary, or Vegas, and they're making the same money, what are the chances of them picking Vegas? The chances are better on Vegas. Now it yep. has nothing to do. It's, it's just way of life. Now, yep. if I got traded to a team, I can tell you right now, I would live up to my contract. I wouldn't sit there and complain and ask for a trade. Cause I didn't like the place. I wouldn't do it. So, you know, because I love playing in the league and I respected that my contract and what I agreed to and whatever happened to me. And then once I became a free agent, then I can make my own decisions. But, but Pierre complained in Columbus. He complained in Winnipeg and he ended up getting traded twice. So I just hope that he's happy now in LA and um, you know, I would have played, I would have played, I would have played every game is the same way in Winnipeg as I played in Philly or San Jose or Chicago. So, but he didn't, he didn't, he underachieved because he whined too much. That's my opinion. So still the verdict is still not in for me with Dubois. You see uh, the Chicago Blackhawks are starting already to surround Connor Bedard with some veteran players. Yeah. Bringing Taylor Hall. I thought that was a good, good move. Taylor, Taylor Hall really played well for the Bruins at the end of the season. Actually pretty much all season. He had a good little year in playoffs. He played well. Um, and Nick Felino and Nick Jr. You could have yeah. came out of retirement, okay, and played awesome for the Boston Bruins. So fucking <laughs> Taylor Hall sucks shit here in Buffalo, okay? Yeah. And he before did. that, he wherever was he was, he wasn't good either. He hasn't been yeah. good for a long time. So to hey, sit there the way, and say that, oh my God, you know Taylor Hall is going to uh, to Chicago to mentor uh, uh, Bedard. I didn't say I, I didn't say he's going to mentor him. I said to have somebody of of a little bit of substance around him because yeah, you, what do you I mean? Get, I, it's not hey Riv. Riv, hey, Riv the guy won a heart. Riv, he won a heart name, trophy. Name name me three forwards on the Chicago Blackhawks before Felino and and Hall got there. Name me three. Here's my here's my point. You are struggling. You are struggling to name three forwards for the Chicago Blackhawks. It is imperative for a kid like Connor Bedard to have some sort of substance around him. Okay. Whether it's Taylor Hall, who, by the way, I took a lot of shit when Taylor Hall went to Boston because I said, Taylor Hall's not going to do anything for Boston. He's, he's, he's passed. He's done, you know, and he, he actually played, he, he played better because he wasn't the guy. Taylor Hall cannot be the guy. Um, but anyway, yeah, having Nick Foligno is going to be it's going to be is going to be positive. How much pressure is on Connor Bedard? 
I think a lot. I, I'm I'm nervous for his size. I, I really he's. I heard he didn't do very well at at combine camps. Um, that you know, skating with uh, some of these these uh, these new guys that are going to be be drafted here tonight. He can skate like the wind. He can he can score points like crazy. But at five ten, jumping up from juniors to the National Hockey League with as good as the National Hockey League players are these days, that's going to be a lot harder, I think, than a lot of people think for him. I, I truly do. And he's and he's going to be playing on a team with a lot less talent to help him. Um, he's not Connor McDavid. I don't care what anybody says. There is no other Connor McDavid on the planet. And what's Connor McDavid? Six two, you know, six one. I mean, I know he's lanky, but he's he's strong as shit on the skates. I I hope Connor for the Blackhawks and for the league state that and for his for his state because he's just lit up everything that he's done. I hope he turns out to be the generational player that we that we expect. But I think he's got I think he's got a tougher road than say Connor McDavid did or Sidney Crosby had. I want to see this kid come out and absolutely tear up the NHL. I do. I'm nervous for him though. I'm afraid that I do not... too. I do too. I really do too. I'm afraid uh, he's not going to do that. I I like I, I'm not saying this. I, I really want to be wrong because I want to be able to 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 watch highlight reels of this kid that has been a phenom his entire life and just have everybody be right about him because they were right about Crosby, they were right about Ovi, yep. they were right about McDavid. You know, there are so many players that that they were right about Eichel. I mean, there are so many players that they've been right about Tavares. I want them to be so right about this guy, but I'm nervous as hell for him. Because remember when Jack Hughes came into the league? Now, granted, he was coming from the NTDP, but Jack Hughes came into the league and he had a very slow start. And I remember people were saying, ah, he should have gone to college or they probably shouldn't have rushed him in. He wasn't ready. He was too small. You know, Patrick Kane had a really good rookie year, won Calder Trophy, I think with 71 points. Back then, that's a lot for a rookie. But my point is, is what happens if this kid doesn't come in and light it up? Like, what's what's the uh, the breathing room? Do you think he has leeway? Yeah, do you think he has leeway? I think he does. I don't. I would think I'm going to give him leeway because of the team that he's going to. You played in the league as a high draft pick. I'm talking about the people that that don't understand the pressure. There's going to be so but much he, pressure on he, this kid. He, he does he does have pressure of turning that franchise around because he is known as a franchise player, right? Do we agree with that? Uh, generational talent. Yeah, franchise franchise a franchise changer. Okay, let me let me let me do this. We're talking about Connor Bedard. We're talking about and and when we talk about like. You know, Yari Slavkoski that got drafted first overall to Montreal a year ago and Owen Power and Alex Lafreniere and Jack Hughes. None of these guys we spoke about being on the same level as a Connor McDavid. We, we didn't talk about them as generational talents. So I'm going to name you the last 20 first overall picks. And you're going to tell me whether they lived up to the pick so far okay go from so i'm gonna go all the way back yeah, to start. 2003 okay mark andre flurry yes, yes. i know he's lived up to the first yes. overall pick yes. i would agree yes alex ovechkin no yes 
<laughs> Sidney Crosby, just monsters, right? Yeah. Eric Johnson, St. Louis Blues, drafted no. first overall. He also blew out his knee at a golf tournament very early in his career, so that kind of halted things. Fell out one of a of golf cart. One, 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 one of my best friends, one of my favorite people, but unfortunately he's 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 become a very good hockey player, but not to the first pick. Okay. Status. Patrick Kane. Yes. For sure. St- uh, Steve Stamkos. Yep. John Tavares. Yep. Yes. Arguable. 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 Yeah. How do you figure arguable? I don't know. How many has he won a cup yet? No, but that's, that doesn't well, mean that has he has Flurry won a it. cup. Flurry won a cup. Ovechkin won a cup. Sidney Crosby won a cup. Eric they Johnson won a cup. cup. Every, every, Patrick Kane won a cup. Okay. John Tavares. When's the last time you've seen him in top ten in scoring? Yeah, but is winning a cup is winning a cup is it does that does that concrete a deciding factor? Is it? No, it's not. But he's 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 not he's not in the top ten in scoring ever. Jr. Connor McDavid. Connor McDavid probably won't ever win a cup. Well, you say he's got not in Edmonton. Not we don't need to have that conversation. He's got but, time. Okay. But all yeah. I'm saying is John Tavares has been a very good hockey player, but I don't think he's lived up to a number one overall pick. That's just my opinion. Okay. Okay. Carry Taylor on. Hall. No. No. Although we want a hard I agree. Trophy, so Ryan Nugent Hopkins. No. No, I agree. Nail Yakupov. No, definitely not. Okay. 2013. Boss. Nathan Boss. McKinnon. Yes. Petey? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Won a cup, by the way. Aaron Ekblad? Uh, no. No. I agree. No. Connor McDavid? Next. Austin Matthews? Next. JR, you good with that? Yep, I agree. Nico Heischer? TBD. There you go. I like that. TBD. 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 He's been Becoming in the league for two. four, four or five years now. And he's Not just had one good close. year. Close. Not okay. even close to the top play. I would say absolutely not. Nico Heischer is basically on some teams going to be a third line center. Right. I, Max, disagree. Right? I disagree with you on that one. I disagree with you okay. on that. I think he's I think he's second line center on any team. But go ahead. Okay. How about Pittsburgh? Is he behind Crosby and Malkin? No. I he's think not. he's in front of Mal. I think he's front of Malkin actually. Oh, come on. Man. Right now, for sure. Come on, right man. Now, for sure. Evgeny Malkin is not even close to uh, playing. To like, he, they're not even close. They're not even close. What were Heischer's numbers this year? He was one of the best defensive players. He wasn't one of the best penalty killers. He's one of the best all-around players in the game. So, yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and was... you can't say that about Malkin. Yeah, but Malkin was shredding the league every year in points, every single but, year, but, shredding I, it. Yeah, but yeah, but you can't put Nico Heischer what back when Malkin played four, five, six, seven years ago because Nick, I said right now Nick, Nico Heischer would be a second line player on any, on any team. Right 80 now. points in 81 games, 31 goals. Okay. Okay. Pretty good player. Um, has he lived up to his first overall billing? No. Uh, Rasmus Dahlin? No. 
Well, he's a defenseman. So, I mean, we'd say Hedman was at number two. If you if if you say if you say Nico Heischer is not, then you can't say Darlene is. Darlene almost had as many points as Heischer. What did he have, Riff? 70-something? But we're talking about living up to the number one overall bill. I'm not talking about this year with Nico Heischer getting 31 goals and having 80 points in 81 games. I'm talking about what about the other years that built up to this, and Nico Heischer has been very average. For a number was, one overall pick, he's been very what average. Was, what, was, what was Rasmus? Give me Rasmus. Rasmus Dahlin's like has been minus two hundred. It now a lot of it uh, is because of the team that he's been on. It has been poorly run for many okay. of the years. Stop that right Dahlin's there. Though. Been there. We have said we have said in the past that it takes defensemen five years to come into their own. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four years. This was his fifth year. Okay. So he just had a breakout year. And if you're asking me, 78 games, 15 goals, 73 points, 92 PIMs plus 12. What was his first couple years? What was his first two years? It's sick. But again, it is not on one year. 82 games, 9 goals, 35 assists. First year, 44 points. Next year, 59 games, 4 goals, 40 points. The next year... 56 games, 5 goals, 23 points. The next year, 80 games, 13 goals, 53 points. And last year, 78 games, 15 goals, 73 points. That is a generational talent defenseman coming into his own after having a few years in a shit organization at the time. Yep. So I'm going to give, I'm going to give it to him. I'll give it to him. You talked me into it. I think that, uh, you know, the trajectory of, it doesn't, doesn't, doesn't bother me. Doesn't, doesn't okay. anger me. So, yeah. All right. Jack Hughes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. And he had a slow start to his career. A little bit of a slow start, but he also had a 12 uh, year old hockey body. Um, and you know, which he's, kind of, he's a, a kind of couple years into, Right, which kind of which right, is why right. we worry. Which but is why this we worry. Kid, like Jack Hughes was Jack Hughes was like 165 pounds. Like we're talking super small, but he's yep. he's you know 99 points this year. Played unbelievable. Yep. Um, unbelievable. So yep. Yes. Alex Lafreniere. I know it's a oh, little no. early. I know he's been kind of he's struggled. Not even close. Not even close. Not even close. But I mean, he's I at risk that, of being in bus status. Yeah, he is major bus status, and he better get out of uh, New York. I'll tell you that. He needs yeah, out. Get he needs a fresh start, man. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Owen Power. It's only played one year, so we can't really even say. And Yari Slavkowski is the same thing. Was hurt in his first year. Um, so what I'm trying to say is every single one of those those picks that we talked about, every single one, there was very few that had generational talent beside their. When you talked about Johnson and Stamkos and Tavares and Hall and Nugent Hopkins and Nail Yakupov and even McKinnon and Ekblad, these guys didn't have generational talent beside their name. Connor Bedard has been breaking records of the greatest players ever to play the game. 
whether it's in junior hockey, whether it's going to the world juniors and beating all of the records, he is considered a generational talent. He yep, is going to go to Chicago and have extreme pressure. Not only first overall pressure, he's going to have extreme pressure because people see him and they talk about him in the same breath as a Sidney Crosby and Alex Ovechkin and a Connor McDavid. And should I say it's unfair? It, it, it's a lot of pressure but that's what this kid has done up to this point. He has been lights out. I don't care if he can't uh, ride the, the VO two bike or the Wingate test or do uh, you know, the, the strength tests like the others, this kid on the ice is absolutely lights out lights out. Yeah. I, I, I hope, I hope it happens. I hope it happens for him. I really do. Back in your draft year, did they interview players? Did you have to interview with teams and stuff? Uh, beforehand, yeah. So, so I remember going. I remember. I remember going in um, to my my meeting with the Blackhawks, and i I had two little, you know, two little weights, you know, like little uh, weights put in my pants pocket because I weighed one hundred and fifty. 155 pounds 153 pounds and i was small and and you know a lot of times when you're doing these interviews they they make you take your clothes off to your underwear so they can see your body structure and my agent told me whatever you do do not take your clothes off and show them your body because i was literally i was a twig i was small i said it's and i refused and i said they, they asked me to do it and i said no and uh, they said, they want me to get on a scale. I said, I'm not going to get on a scale. Sorry, guys. And they're like, why aren't you going to get on a scale? And I said, have you guys ever seen a scale score goal? Doesn't mean shit. That's what they did. They wanted to see your body structure, man. They wanted to see what kind of shape you were in. They wanted to see what kind of, you know, what, you know, your bone structure was. And I said, I wouldn't do it. Did you because meet if with... I did, then Keenan cool. actually said to me, you know, I met Keenan. I saw Keenan that night, you know, the night before the draft. You know, after I did my interview and I'm sitting at a urinal in, in Montreal in the bathroom, taking a leak and Mike Keenan comes in, stands right next to me and we, we kind of lock eyes and he's like, hey, you know, Jeremy, he goes, interesting, you know, very interesting um, uh, meeting we had today. He goes, uh, he said, you know, you, you showed a lot of a lot of poise, not, you know and conviction not taking it not standing on the scale so on and so forth he goes and keenan goes why should we draft you you know because you know obviously they're still questioning it and i said well if you just want a guy who's succeeded everywhere he's gone and scored goals and will give everything he has and has uh will go to the wall for you you know you know i'm going to be successful in the league if you want someone who's going to score goals and is going to be a warrior then you, you should draft me now whether that that got me drafted the next day. Um, yeah. I don't know, but I was eighth overall as a high school kid, which never happened. doesn't happen back then in, in the, in the eighties. Did you meet with Quebec? I didn't, I didn't, I didn't. I thought I was going to go to Quebec in number five and Quebec probably had the worst draft pick of all time. That's in why the history of first in the history <laughs> of fuck. They had two picks in the first five picks and there were rumors that it was up that, that, it was going to be me and one of them, but um, 
Curtis decision went to went number three yeah. in that to Quebec, and they picked Daniel Doré, who was a fighter in the Quebec League, at number five. And why they would do that, I think they just did that because of, he was a French kid. But it was a bust. He never played in the league. Not even. I don't even think he got even. Yeah, he a, played a seventeen games. Seventeen games is a number five pick. I mean, what a one of the worst first round picks in the history of the National Hockey League. Players they passed on. Well, Scott Pearson went next. Martin Jelena, Jeremy Roenick, Rod Brindamore, Timu Solani. And I mean, after that, that's look at the look first at the, look at the, no, that that's first round. But you had Mark Recchi in that draft. You had Tony Amonti in that draft. You know, you had, you had some you had some pretty damn good goal scorers in that draft. If you if you take if you take the top ten of my draft here, look at the amount of goals that were scored. Medano over mm-hmm. five hundred. Uh, Linden scored close to four hundred. Um, yeah, Jelena scored four hundred close to 400 you know i had 500 timo solani did all right 600 600 brenda moore scored over 400 you know those are those some that's a lot of goals in the first 10 picks of that draft no shit you have to do your due diligence on these young players and uh that's how you're gonna players in the first in the first seven picks there's a lot of really good players I mean, some really good players that it's going to be interesting to see what happens with that Russian kid, because that Russian kid is under contract in, in the KHL for two more years. And this kid is supposed to be, I think yeah, it's three. He's, he's, I think it's he's three years. Be, JR. Yeah. The 2005, 2006 season. This kid is, yep. they say could play right now and is going to be, you know, is could be like, could be Connor Bedard good, but it's whether he's going to come play is the is the it's it's going to be interesting to see if Anaheim does take him or if they pass up on this kid this Russian kid I if I was Buffalo and I'm only thinking of Buffalo if I was Buffalo I would be looking to trade the 13th pick and whatever's needed to get to number 4 because I think the top three picks are somewhat solidified. I think when you hit number four, which is San Jose Sharks, I think that Mike Greer wants to build. They have no prospects. They have none. Very, very few. So is Mike Greer going to sit there and say, "Um, this kid I'm not even going to get for three years, okay? On top of that, I can turn this one pick into maybe three pieces, a 13th pick, possibly one of the four first rounders that Buffalo has taken. Okay. And, and try and I, if I was Buffalo, I'd be trying to move to number four because Mm -hmm. I would be taking that kid. I'd let him marinate in Russia for the next three years. And when that kid's 21, he is going to come and shred this league. He's gonna, she's gonna shred it. Yeah, he's gonna shred it. But there's also so, that opportunity. There is also the opportunity you can buy him out of that KHL contract. Whether that'll happen or not, that's a little tougher sale, but it could happen. Well, doesn't that all? So, the more years, to, the tougher it is, right? Yep. Yeah, but is that is that is so? In hearing that, is it does it come down to the contract or does it come down to where he's drafted? I mean, is that his way of saying, "Well, I'll 
we'll we'll let you buy him out if it's a certain team because that's where he wants to go or that's where we would like him to be placed. I, it's interesting because I don't know what the temperature is like at the KHL level or in in the Russian mindset nowadays to come over here and play. Is it still that wanted? Over well, there? I mean, that KHL let's flip, is a pretty let's good flip it around. Are our, our GMs and teams steering clear of Russian players? I mean, they've been banned from everything. They've been banned from the Olympics. They've been banned from uh, other events. Players have been criticized. I just think it's a different attitude. For, I think it's a different attitude for sure. Might be a different attitude towards them, and it also might be a, a different attitude for for the player playing in Russia right now, being a Russian to come over here and play with, you know, a the language barrier, b how good the KHL is, and they're paying players better now over there than they than they were, so it's a little bit harder. But you know, you have guys like um, like um, Kaprizov who came over and just threatened to go back to KHL if he didn't get the contract that he wanted, but he did come and he did great. And obviously he's, he's a, an amazing player, but that's, you don't see that as much anymore. Do you? Or they're coming a lot later. And I also feel like the KHL is making it sexier for their own players to stay there. I mean, have you seen the sure. trophy? You seen the trophy they win when they win mm-hmm. the Gar Gargarian yeah. cup or whatever it's called. The thing is fucking massive. They have parades very similar to like they have here. I don't know if you saw the one a couple of years ago when Kovalchuk won it, but it's like, you know, they're they're growing as well. But Who? I just what's Who? that? Who? Kovalchuk. Who's that? Oh. Kovalchuk. Who's that? You don't like Who's him? You don't like that guy? Yeah, I played with Kobe. Can't, can't stand Kovalchuk. I played with I've, Kobe. I've I've been I've been a, a lifelong Kovalchuk um, downer. Misunderstood so, guy, I'll tell you that much. He's a great guy. Well, I'm not. I, I'm not saying about his personality. I don't know him. I'm yeah, not. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. Okay. I'm not rating. I'm not rating Kovalchuk on on his person. I'm sure he's a great guy. I'm sure yeah, he's yeah, awesome yeah. to hang out and drink vodka off you know off off ice and you know do whatever you do off ice. I'm sure he's great, but. When you see the selfishness that he has shown on the ice, and some of the things that he's done, um, team-wise, yeah, no thanks. You watch boxing or UFC? Yeah, a little bit. Who are you taking, Elon Musk or Mark Zuckerberg? Oh, Elon Musk going to just destroy him just by weight alone. Is this thing really happening? Is Musk going to fight Zuckerberg? Is this actually real? Like you live down there in California. Looks like, something looks, talking like it, about? looks like it. I saw I saw video of of both of them, you know, sparring and practicing. I mean, I don't know why they would do it, but it's all over the place. <laughs> why you would know, they do this? It's, it's such a joke. It's such a joke. It no, it's a joke. A, it's amazing. But I'm but, I'm, but I'm serious. I'm, I'm serious. They should they should they should they should throw Bill Gates in there. That at the billionaires that just have free for all. I, how how Bill how Bill Gates is not in jail right now is absolutely beyond belief. Well, here's a question: Would his cell have Windows? That was bad. <laughs> My God, that was bad. Craig, would you not watch Elon Musk and Mark Zuckerberg fight each other? I would. Zero zero chance of me watching that. 
zero chance of me watching it. Oh, zero yeah. I would watch. I would watch the NHL All Star game before I would watch that. So <laughs> you know where I stand. <laughs> Why would you want to hold on a second? Why would you want to watch two guys that know how to actually fight and defend fight one another when you could see two guys that I. I I, I don't even know how to describe them. Two of the most pale human beings on the planet are going to get into a ring. Billionaire tech guys. And they're going to fight each other? This is No thanks. Oh. It's oh, it's, it's 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 pay-per-view. It's, hey, by the way, it's, pay-per-view. It's, it's take be, my it's going to be it's going to be the battle it's going to be the battle of free speech. One that takes away free speech and one that's trying to give it to the country. So oh. <laughs> What the, battle of, the, the battle the battle of, of the First Amendment, right there. Fucking assholes. <laughs> Enjoy the draft, boys. That's a wrap on another episode of After the Whistle. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, After the Whistle, and at Craig Reve 52 at The Instigator76. And you can find us, as you already know, on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube, and anywhere else where you can get your podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to spread the word.